1: Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay.
2: What's up, everybody? You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Wong. And I'm Jordan Prijen your other host today. uh, Jordan is one of our fellow 40k lovers here in the office, office, uh, and we're doing the budget upgrade guides. Today, it's the Forces of the Imperium deck. Really spicy Esper deck black, white, and blue. There's a lot going on here, but first, we gotta talk about our sponsors. That's right. Head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command, or cardkingdom.com slash zone and pick up the magic product you need, so that you can battle it out in any universe you want. It could be a universe right here at home, or a universe beyond. It could be a plane that you love or an actual airplane like the skyship weatherlight. Whatever you want, those cards are there for you at cardkingdom.com slash command. That's an affiliate link. That's all you have to do is go into your browser and enter that and shop away. Get the magic cards you need for your deck. And Card Kingdom they've got great customer service, really fast shipping, and they're gonna get you the cards you need so that you can compete and have fun on the battlefield more fun than before because you got more tools to do so. So just make sure you go to cardkingdom.com slash command. We're so very happy to be back with Card Kingdom. And of course once you get those cards. Keep them nice and safe and protected in an Ultra Pro sleeve. Josh, myself, and plenty of people here at the office have been trusting Ultra Pro product for a long, long time to keep their cards in pristine condition, and now you can shop directly from their site with another affiliate link. It's pretty simple. UltraPro.com slash command, and once you're there, you can buy a ton of great stuff, often at great discounts. They just had like a 50% off sale moments ago. I get the uh, notifications on in my inbox, and I always check through because there's something I need. A binder, uh, even a binder page, some sleeves, a play mat with awesome art that's just super on sale you can find it there or just buy some ultra pro ultra pro product from your uh, lgs when you're over there or just go to ultra.pro.com/command. command that is our affiliate link finally last way to support the show directly at patreon.com slash command zone we've got the zone at the end of that one we shout out one lucky patron every single week and this week's episode is dedicated to jasmine, jasmine farmer. farmer jasmine you rock rock. you do rock indeed and don't forget on patreon we've been playing games of spell table with our patrons at select tiers so make sure you check it out uh there's lots going on there too yeah those have been pretty fun yeah yeah that's right uh okay forces of the imperium the pre-con budget upgrade guide Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. Um, so, you know, I thought we would take just a short second here for all of the non-40K players out there that don't know anything about the lore, and even those that do, we just want a little brush up. Jordan, can you give us just a quick breakdown
0: of who the Imperium are? I can, and, and for those of you who know 40K lore, this is going to be... Uh, Very abbreviated. Truncated to the point of sometimes being Offensive. incorrect.
1: Offensive.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure I will get comments about it, but, boy, I'm trying. It's okay. Disclaimer <laughs> has
2: been made. Most Most of us have no idea, including myself, so fill us in.
0: the Imperium, also known as the Empire or the Imperium of, Ma- of the Imperium of Man, was mm. founded by like an immortal psychic Superman who is now known as the Emperor. Got it. Imperium and was founded by Superman. Basically, from the ruins of like an ancient human civilization that was uh-huh. like a long time ago. He, it's pretty close to Superman. He—that's
2: <laughs> true, actually. Krypton, yeah. yeah. It's oh, very, Krypton. very. Close. Okay,
0: all right. Keep going. Uh, the world used to have this enormous empire that mm-hmm. was ruined in what is now known as the Dark Age of Technology and Ah. was once known as the Golden Age of Technology. A tale as old as time when it comes to sci-fi. Exactly. Uh, But then 10,000 years ago, the year, by the way, is Ah. 40K-ish in the world. That's why it's called 40K. But in the year 30K, uh, the Emperor united Terra and basically tried to reconquer the galaxy, uh, launching a crusade and using his superhuman space marines as... Like, the forces that would take everything out out there. Gotcha, okay. And then at the height of that expansion, when he had, like, conquered a lot of the galaxy, half of the Space Marine Legions betrayed him and started something called the Horus Heresy and basically just created a huge civil war. (laughs) The Emperor won, sort of, but he was injured so badly that they had to hook him up to a piece of life support called the Golden Throne. And he's like, life gain. Yeah, he's basically a corpse sitting there and has been there for about 10,000 years. Yikes. So without his, like, direct guidance, basically the Imperium has started worshiping him as a god ah. and, falling into, and falling into these, like, extreme religious, xenophobic, authoritarian ways. So, nice. like, the Inquisition and things like that are really the power I in... See. Uh, But the the emperor is just like "Ah," doesn't say anything, but they're just now straight up crazy worshipping him. He's still a really, really powerful psychic, so he's like important to the empire, but he never really gets to say anything to anybody or lead in any particular way. They just sort of half remember what his mission was. He's kind of like Aloro in the command zone. Yes. Okay. He never has to enter
2: the battlefield. Right. Okay, well that is the Imperium. They have kind of forgotten why they went on this great plan a millennia earlier. Now they're just uh, like trying to stay alive. Yeah, and there's a lot of different factions and types to Space Marines, too, that got split because of that Civil War and stuff, too, right? Yeah, there, there's really cool.
0: a ton of different space, space Marine chapters and legions. They used to be legions, now they're chapters, like, way more divided up gotcha. and stuff.
2: Well, let's take a look, then, at two of the main characters from both 40k as well as the lead singers of this deck. The first oh one I will read is Inquisitor Grayfax. This is the commander that's on the front of the box. Uh, the Inquisitor is pretty cool characters. You guys can read more about them later. Don't let me spend another ten minutes talking about it. It is his one blue, a black, and a uh, white for a 3-3 legendary human inquisitor with vigilance and two abilities. The first is called Unquestionable Wisdom. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, and have vigilance. And the second ability is called Hunt for Heresy, where you can pay one mana and tap Inquisitor facts to have tap target creature and opponent controls investigate. So you make a clue token, which is an artifact you can sacrifice for two to draw a card. So uh, interesting card. It's an Esper investigate slash tap down ability. Bit of an anthem going on too. Yeah, like... plus one, plus zero for other creatures. And then, yeah, that that tapping is kind of like removal, but you're making a clue token. It's like Inquisitor is inquisiting.
1: It's,
0: it's nice you've got forward. like some card draw on the commander and stuff.
2: Yeah, it's it's good, but I think uh, this next one's a bit more impressive, so why don't you tell us about this character?
0: Well, the backup commander uh, in the deck is Marnius Kalgar. This is two white, blue, black for a 3-5 legendary creature, a Stardes Warrior, uh, with double strike and the ability Master Tactician. Whenever one or more tokens enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Oh. And then he has Chapter Master, which is six of any mana. Create two white Astartes warrior creature tokens with Vigilance. Okay, so
2: that second ability, you pay six mana, you make two 2-2s, so four power, four toughness
0: total, over two creatures. With tokens, they have vigilance, and then you draw a card. You draw a card. You only draw one card, because if one or more tokens enter, you still just get one. Right. But... Now, if you were able to activate
2: this ability twice, you would yep. draw two cards, because every time a token enters, it sees, okay, am I coming in with other friends? Great, we're all coming in at the same time, and then that's going to trigger Marnius, and then it would, the second instance would happen if, if you couldn't get that
0: going. And just to be entirely clear, it's not creature tokens. It's any kind of token that... In- right. Right.
2: Very, very cool. Yeah, and we just saw with Inquisitor Greyfax uh she makes clue tokens. So that would also trigger Marnius Kalgar. Yep. Okay. So now that we have the two main commanders of the deck out of the way, let's take a look at the stats. <laughs> so ramp spells, there are eleven. Uh, a lot of actually really classic ramp cards in here for Esper, which is artifacts. And then there's twelve sources of card draw. As far as single target removal goes, holy
0: moly, 11. That's pretty nice. Yeah, it's really nice. And then five board wipe type effects. That is that. That's probably more board wipes than I would run, and uh, we'll see how I react to that. <laughs> that's mm. true. When we do the ten in and ten out, right? Uh, and of
2: course, uh, we always talk about the stats that are sort of related to the deck. So there are twenty-two cards that care about or make tokens, as we both see in Quidric Great Grifex and Marnius Calgar care about this. And then there's a new ability in this uh, precon called Squad. Andrew, you want to read
0: the rules text on that? Yeah. So, squad is, as an additional cost to cast the spell, you may pay two any number of times. When this creature enters the battlefield, create that many tokens that are copies of it. Cool. So, basically, two mana, you get another copy of that creature. It enters as a token instead. And and to be clear, the... The six squad cards are included in the 22 token cards mentioned before. Correct. Good point. Good Mm -hmm. point.
2: Um, And then, of course, it seems like there are creatures being made with Marnius and other cards. So there are 11 cards that do some type of mass pump effect. Yep. And then five cards that care about attack triggers. And then for life gain, uh, seven cards there. And that's not necessarily a sub-theme of the deck, as we'll see with some of the cards. It's actually just cards that would be good
0: as their own commanders. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the deck definitely has a couple things that are, like, not that are for their own flavorful yeah. things and not all completely on theme yeah okay so the big question as always with these decks typically it's the it's you know the answer but we
2: ask ourselves who should you run as the commander so again we have inquisitor grayfax who makes clue tokens and taps stuff down and gives your creatures plus one plus one vigilance and then marnius kalgar who draws a card anytime any kind of token enters the battlefield under your control and then can make tokens as well
0: yeah yeah and I think Marnius Calgar was the obvious choice. Yeah, here. by far, I think the obvious choice here. Really, really powerful ability. And I mean, if you can have all, if all these other ways to make tokens just up the card draw the deck enormously. So
2: yeah, there's again twenty two sources of token stuff. Um, it deck seems like it already synergizes a little better with Marnius than Inquisitor Grafax necessarily. Uh huh. Yeah, so tons of value there. And I think it's easier also to do the experiment where we're taking ten cards out and putting ten cards in. Yep um so inquisitor Grayfax, i would i expect if i wanted to build that deck it would be much more into the maybe even the the stasis side of things yeah just getting a little more lockdown a little
0: more control and giving everything vigilance you can get a lot of value out of creatures that do have like powerful tap abilities and still be able to attack with it that's a good point but i I just don't think it's it's as clean and obvious a a strategy especially if you're trying to go from pre-con to like
2: yeah, yeah, right. The whole point of this experiment is to be able to take this precon and sit down at the table and have a good time. Yep, uh, and at least be able to you know put your fists up and duke it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next important thing we always talk about in these episodes is the reprint value. Uh, For all you collectors out there or people that are buying these because you want to get some sweet cards out of it. Everyone's always wondering, well, you know, 40k especially, these decks have all brand new, are all themed to the forces of the Imperium or whatever uh, sort of group it is that the deck is for. Um, And so we want to figure out what are the value of the reprints before the deck was announced so that because the moment that these things get announced, prices drop. Um, And there is a bit of a caveat and we'll go into it here. But let's just start off with the total reprint value. There were only 38 reprints in the deck, which is really low, because typically you see, you know, 60, 70 plus. Yeah, normally most of the cards are reprints. Yeah. not counting, of course, basic lands and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the total reprint value was only
0: $53.66. Which sounds kind of low, but... Uh, you know, as we are gonna go into, I don't think is is entirely representative of of, yeah. much of the deck.
2: So Jordan, why don't you tell me a little bit and the audience why we can't just take this number at face value
0: in the same way that we have done in the past for precons. Because there are just an enormous amount of new cards. I think one, the fact that we have You know, 38 new cards, which could... No, 38 reprints. Oh, sorry. 38 reprints.
2: That means on the other end of it, we're talking another 30, 40 new cards. Yeah, it's
0: almost 40 new cards. I think it's like 39 in this one. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's a bunch that's that's gonna create a lot of value and especially since these are unique cards that have been printed for this yeah who knows like how much they're all gonna end up kind of being worth but even if they don't create
2: extra special value it's still very novel because you know we don't see this many new cards typically yeah. with commander products there especially because they've been releasing more it's very dangerous as a design to just release new stuff into the wild but the forty thousand 000 more hammer decks these have been in playing for a long, long time. There's a lot of ground to cover, so we have a bunch of new cards. So what we did instead is we had our good friend here at the office, Truck. Our, du, our st- statistician guy. Statistician, yeah, all around all-star when it comes to math. So we have something that is actually called the Interpolated Deck Price. And what that, well, actually, why don't you explain what does Interpolated Deck Price
0: mean? So the way it basically works is because we don't know how much these are going to be, we, we looked at the new reprints uh, of decks from the last couple years right and kind of just averaged the value of new cards printed in commander sets yeah and we said if each of these cards each of these new cards is about average if they're not more expensive than usual mm-hmm. um what, what would is the it? price of the deck be right so this is a new deck price it isn't just looking at reprints it's looking at specifically
2: the deck price if you know ne- adjusting it knowing okay because of course uh uh-huh. let's say you have 70 cards that are reprints and you only have uh 20 new cards in each thing then those 70 cards you know we know the price of that the, you can find it but the new cards we don't really know because when the deck comes out there's a moment in time when people don't know what the cards are worth. sometimes things shoot up dramatically like a dockside extortionist mm-hmm. or there could just be a superstar card like black market connections that ends up being worth more and throwing it one way or the other so, what we've done is taken the average of the new cards, because there are some that are worth very little as well, average that out and just assumed baseline without looking at the cards themselves, making any judgments. All right, we have the cards that we know are new and we have the reprints. We can calculate the reprint price, but we don't know the new cards. We're just going to take the average and just apply it and multiply it by how many new
0: cards there are. And if all these new cards are exactly average, then the interpolated deck price, as we're calling it, is $96.63.
2: Now let's take a look at the new interpolated deck prices for a bunch of the other ones that we've seen in the past. So Commander Icoria adjusted is one hundred and ten instead of ninety six. We can go down the list here. Most recently, the Baldur's Gate pre cons. The average reprint value was really high, one hundred and four dollars, and adjusted for this interpolated price was 114. Yeah. So, taking a look at all of this, the $96 that this deck is at is actually on the low end here. It is a little low, yeah. But it's really hard to tell. And keep in mind, we're not trying to be accurate necessarily. No. We're not trying to give you the exact number because it's impossible. But also, because we're giving you these numbers so that you c- you can compare two decks of the past. That's not for you to be like, "Oh, this one's better than that one." It's like, "No, it, we're just doing it so that you can have a frame of reference as a buyer and a collector and all that as well. And that's how we hope to provide a little bit of value for those uh, people in the audience, if that makes sense. Okay. All right. That's a lot of text to basically say that the price is a little low. Yeah. And I will add the caveat that we really don't know with these Warhammer decks. Absolutely, it's the f- first of its kind product in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So we'll see, and, and of course, I mean, if players are still figuring out how to play with these new cards, there
0: could be something in here that's really strong and busted. Who knows? Exactly. Or, or if one of the like alternate art prints for a card, yeah, like becomes a really hot ticket item, it could end up costing more and stuff. It, it really just is very hard to say. Yeah, that's why we like focusing on the
2: reprints. The cards that we know have been around, and uh, for what it's worth. Let's talk about them now. Yes. Notable reprints. So these are cards that are worth more than $2. And because there are, again, not that many reprints, 38 total, there are only two cards over $5 or more and four cards that are between $2 and $5. Yikes. Okay. But very interestingly, these, these uh, first two
0: are, they're getting up there. So let's talk about them. Oh, yeah. All right, Jordan, what is our first reprint here? The first reprint is Talisman of Progress. This is the uh, white and blue one in the Talisman cycle, uh, which... Can, yep. Yes, uh, for two mana, you can. It creates an artifact which you can tap to add colorless, or you can tap it and add white or blue. But Talisman of Progress deals one damage to you. Yeah, really good because unlike Signets, you can play
2: these. Let's say turn one with a Soul Ring, and then you can actually tap it and then play something else yep. like a Divining Top or some one drop artifact, Wayfarer's Ball, well, you name it. Really powerful, good in any white blue deck. And this was at $14.75. I'm assuming just this card hasn't seen print in a while and people are realizing the power of it as a two-mana artifact in Commander as well. Absolutely um next up is a classic we've talked about it probably 500 times on the show now it's gold clamp hey uh and this one has cool art too so it's a one man artifact gives a creature plus one minus one and then when the equipped creature dies you draw two cards so just throw it on a one one token and you're going to town yep that um, a lot of card advantage yeah a lot of card advantage and that was sitting at ten dollars so we've seen this card be reprinted a few times now which just tells you how powerful it is really cheap to p- to play, really easy to equip just one and then you're drawing a bunch of cards so if you're to A
0: ton of decks.
2: Yep. All right, uh let's talk about the reprints between $2 and $5 and to the surprise of no one, if Talisman of Progress was up there, well, what do we have here, Jordan? Up next
0: is Talisman of Hierarchy. And right after that, it's It's Talisman of Dominance. Yeah, These so <laughs> both the other talismans. <laughs> These are basically the same as the other talisman, except Talisman of Hierarchy can tap for white or black and deal 1 damage to you. And then Talisman of Dominance can tap for blue or black and then deal one damage to you.
2: Yep. So these were at $4.60, $4.35, respectively. And you're just really good cards. I do love, uh, short aside, I love the wording that they use because white and blue, the word Uh is progress, which makes sense. Knowledge, learning. Uh, Blue and black is Dominance. So blue-black control, taking stealing creatures...
0: And then white and black is hierarchy. And and the thing that, like, th- they couldn't have planned this because right. they didn't know the 40K things were happening when they designed those talismans. Oh, right. But they are on point for the Imperium. Oh, really? Yeah. It is just
2: like... Yeah, they even have three separate flags of, I guess, three different things. Yep. Yeah. So they really took their time here with the art and stuff. Um, you should definitely check it out if you're a fan. And there's so much lore to dive into. That's good to oh, know. Oh, man.
0: Yeah. The, just, just all the flavor text they've put on, like, all the cards in this deck... It's amazing. It's yeah. so much fun just looking through them.
2: All right, the other two cards between two dollars and five dollars is Entrapment Maneuver, which forces a player to sacrifice an attacking creature, and you make x one one white soldier creature tokens, where x is that creature's toughness, and then launch the fleet. It's a white sorcery. They can strive, so it costs one more to cast for each target, and then you make any number of target creatures gained when this attacks. You make a one one soldier creature token that's tapped and attacking. So just some solid token generators pretty good for marnius calgar i would say yep seems great draw some cards okay yeah so those are the main reprints um again there's a lots of cards that just sit between one dollar and two dollars but just to keep it abbreviated we do between two and five but uh the talismans very good cards you should play them okay before we jump here let's talk about the best cards in the deck woo-woo! Yeah. And this,
0: there are a lot of cool cards in this deck. It was really hard to choose just, like, a couple best cards in the deck, because there's there's a bunch that I think are very playable and are cool and unique. Yeah, but And, actually, all four of the ones we
2: chose today are from, are brand new cards from the 40k universe world. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: The first one is Vexillus Praetor. Wait a minute, Praetor? Yeah. Isn't that Prater. a magic thing? It's a different thing. Ah, okay, <laughs> alright. But similar? Uh, yeah, kinda. Alright, cool. Good enough. Uh, so... This is three and a white for a 3-4 creature Custodes Warrior. So the Custodes are like the people who guard the Emperor himself. Ooh, okay, high up. They're like the, the those cool guards with the big red masks in Star Wars, right? Exactly. They're like nice. very powerful. Like each person is kind of an army in his own uh, yeah. right. Yeah, they're not sequel powerful. They're just regular trilogy powerful. This card <laughs> has Flash, Vigilance, and then Aegis, Aegis of the Emperor. Commanders you control have protection from everything whoa it gives them progenitus
2: (laughs) it's pretty good so a four mana flash spell and it has vigilance too on it absolutely Wow, and it gives your commander protection from everything. Not just commander, commanders. So, if you have a partner commanding pairing. Yep. Yeah, this is definitely one of the big standout cards. A lot of people have been talking about this. It seems like Wizards is making a lot of these sort of four-mana impactful flash spells. I've seen a lot of spells recently that are four-mana and all have flash. So, this definitely seems like a pattern they're keeping up. I think that's sort of where they kind of want the average CMC to balance out towards for commander yeah. as well. That's how, what I'm feeling between three and four.
0: It seems very cool, very powerful. It will make equipment and enchantments fall off, though.
2: Oh, interesting. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, so not that great in certain circumstances, but very good for a lot of other things. For decks where you just want to protect your commander, amazing. Yeah, uh, very good. Okay, uh, next up, one of the best cards in the deck is And They Shall Know No Fear. Oh, yeah. One in a white for an instant. Choose a creature type. Creatures you control of the chosen type get plus one, plus zero, and gain indestructible until end of turn. So we've seen how powerful Indestructible is. We've seen it with so many cards. One in the green does it uh, with Heroic Intervention. Uh, We've also seen the Chroma's Will is going to do a similar thing. So a lot of, uh, you know, in this case it's tribal because it's choose a creature type. Yep. But this is a one in the white instant that does a very similar thing to Heroic Intervention. And we all know how good that card is.
0: Yeah, I I think that's just good all the time. Very good. Yeah. Um, Uh, Let's have you read this next one, actually. Up next is Space Marine Devastator. This is three and a white for a 3-3 creature, Astarte's Warrior. Um, This has squad two, which we mentioned earlier, which means you can make a large number of them just by paying two each time. And this has grav cannon. When Space Marine Devastator enters the battlefield, destroy up to one target artifact or enchantment. Okay, so... The reason I put this on the list is I was looking on Scryfall and I was looking
2: up. All right, what creatures in white do this thing, which is the um, the green uh, the reclamation sage. Yeah, the reclamation sage. Type. We just talked about. It. I forgot the name already. Yeah. Um, because this one's really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's four mana. So the other options as a creature that enters the battlefield and specifically, right, because white has fragmentize and a bunch of other spells that just kill an effect or an enchantment or yeah. or wipes them. But for a creature and their battlefield ability. Uh, there's only a card called Rambunctious Mutt which costs 5 mana and then there's Core Sanctifiers which is 2 mana but you have to pay a kicker uh, in order to do it so this is the only creature that just flat out enters the battlefield at this mana value and it gives you the ability to when you recast it to squad it up a bunch of times yeah um, so you could cast it for 4 or 6 8, 10, 12 or whatever so i thought that was actually just notable that white really doesn't have this on a creature ability so much uh you no know, same way that white doesn't have cards that say enter the battlefield draw card except for recently now we've got that spirited
0: companion and a couple of other ones too um so i thought that was just notable just being able to like play pay like six mana and take out like two really important threats and then if you're in the flicker deck you can just get this space marine devastator back over and over again absolutely it could be
2: really big yeah uh, and then the last card I thought was one of the best cards in the deck is Company Commander. This is two a white and a black for a 2-4 human soldier, and it has command section. Oh, that's kind of nice. It kind of sounds like what we're doing right now. Yeah. When Company Commander enters the battlefield. This is a section of the command zone. Yeah, yeah. This is the command section. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Duh. Okay, so when Company Commander enters the battlefield, create a number of 1-1 white soldier creature tokens equal to the number of opponents you have. So this could be a 4-mana, 2-4. That comes in with 3 1-1s. Pretty good. And then the second ability is called Bring It Down! Whenever Company Commander attacks creatures you control, gain death touch until end of turn.
0: Yeah, so those 3 1-1s become pretty serious threats. Yeah, and this is just when it enters the battlefield,
2: not when it attacks. So again, a great flicker target. um, And, you know, cards that are similar to me that make 3 1-1s when they come down, uh, Elspeth pretty good sun's champion yep typically seen as one of those cards that are just just incredibly powerful and then the attacking thing is just gravy on top i think pretty cool very cool okay so we have now covered the uh best cards in the deck the notable reprints as well as who we'd run as commander we're going to get to the juice and figure out what jordan decided to add into this deck and what cards he decided to take out in our under 30 dollar or around 30 dollar experiment but before we get to it let's take a quick break and hear from our midroll sponsors All right, we're back talking about the Forces of the Imperium deck, precon from Commander 40K. Uh, okay, so right out of the box, before we get into the cards that we're going to ta- add
0: and take out, Jordan, what did you think about this
2: deck? Because you had to do some studying
0: and look yeah, at it, right? Yeah, I, I like the deck. I think there's a lot of like cool, powerful cards in it. Mm-hmm. Out of the box, it's unfocused. It, it's got a lot of kind of expensive cards, and it's got a lot of cards that are sort of pushing, that are interesting toolbox pieces, but right. don't all really work together. Right. You, it almost seems like you want to take the deck apart and put some pieces elsewhere and all that, right? So my, my goal in the upgrade was to just focus it more. I tried okay. to lower the curve, and then because we're switching to Marnius Calgar instead of it being Inquisitor Greyfax, I just wanted to add more ways to make tokens consistently uh, while also just making the deck run a little smoother
2: yeah and and of course winning the game which is really important a lot of the sort of pre-cons don't have great win conditions on them uh so this is a way for us to help add in just that right a little bit of early action a little bit of mid and of course some of those game enders so let's start with the game enders uh Again, the, the exercise, we have around $30 for this exercise, mm-hmm. and we can only add 10 cards, and we can only take out 10. And typically, we leave the mana base as is. We yep. don't want to mess with that. And Completely it's not, untouched. Not interesting either, right? I want to see the juice. What are the cool cards we're putting in here? And this first one is pretty cool. So, Jordan, let's talk about uh, what I call a ta- the the, uh, the subject of these two first cards is a myriad of ways, dot, dot, dot.
0: Yes. Well, myriad, the ability, is obviously like, pretty good with marnius kalgar because one it's an aggressive thing that you know makes lots of tokens when you attack and and if if people don't know myriad means that when a creature with myriad attacks it makes for each opponent other than defending playing i'll read it
2: yeah you may create a token that's a copy of that creature that's tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control and then you exile those tokens at end of combat
0: so those tokens enter the battlefield if you have marnius kalgar out you draw a card, draw a card, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. So, And you may get some extra Enter the Battlefield abilities, who knows, from absolutely. the Myriad token copies. Yeah, there's a ton you can get out of it. Um, But the first card I added, which is an expensive one, is called Legion Loyalty, is six white white for an enchantment that just says, creatures you control have myriad. All right. Every time a creature you attack, have attacks, yeah, any of them, they're all going to make token copies for each other opponent tapped and attacking. Even your tokens will make tokens. Now, again, to be clear, for each creature that's attacking, it's only going to make one card draw from Marnius Kalgar for the two or more tokens that enter, but... Every single creature that attacks is going to have, have a separate to
2: that. instance of tokens entering the battlefield. So that means yes. you're going to draw for
0: each of those individual creatures attacking from our yes. Yeah. And because it's legion loyalty that just completely fits with space marine legions yeah there you go so you know i wanted to keep the theme a little bit putting these things in yeah i like that all right well let's talk about your next edition here also a myriad card it's blade of selves next yes blade of Selves. blade of Selves used to be a much more expensive card yeah it's been reprinted recently and when i saw that it was like only what bucks yeah a couple bucks now it just seemed like an auto include and then i also realized so one it's going to, you can just put it on one of your creatures and then attack, and that'll get you some nice aggressive stuff and card draw of Marnius Calgar. It's Kalgar. just an equipment that says equipped creature has myriads, so but similar I, to Legion Loyalty. Oh, yes. We should explain what the card does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but I also f- realized kind of a cool interaction with Marnius Calgar. Uh-huh. So if you put the Blade of Selves on Marnius Calgar. Right. And you attack, normally, yeah, those tokens will enter the battlefield, but because they're legendary, they'll all, have, they'll all die. Right. But you can only have one Marnius Calgar on the battlefield at any time. But they will still ETB and see each other ETB. Oh. So if you equip Blade of Selves to Marnius Kalgar and attack, you draw three cards.
2: Right, because each of those tokens comes down and they all go, hey, more tokens came down. Yep. And they all have that ability on them. So mm-hmm. they will. the triggers will go on the stack, even though you have to just choose one of the Marniuses to stick around. Yep. Very so, cool.
0: Yeah. I think attack, draw three cards seems pretty good to me.
2: Yeah, that does seem very, very good. And uh, Marnius is a five-mana commander. Blade of selves costs two. Equip costs is four. So you'll be able to sort of curve this out, I think, and get the blade out first if you're able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so those are two myriad cards. Legion Loyalty is close to $8, but they're actually both reprinted in Baldur's Gate. Uh, so that's that's cool to see that these cards, you know, are pretty relevant here. Yeah, very neat. All right, next up, repeatable creature tokens. There are some really interesting ads here. This first
0: one, I think, is just always... Has always impressed me. It's it's just very good in a lot of decks. Yeah. Uh, and that's Felidar Retreat, which is three and a white for an enchantment, which has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, choose one. Create a 2-2 white cat beast creature token. Or... Put a 1-1 counter on each creature you control. These creatures gain Vigilance until end of turn. Wow, they just had to gain Vigilance as
2: well. Um, now, obviously, we're an Esper, so the land drops aren't as plenty as like a green deck, but this but you're is still... you're still going to
0: be hitting your land drops pretty often.
2: Yeah, and especially with Marnie's ability, and now you're just
0: making all your tokens get plus and plus one counters and get Vigilance,
2: or you just make a 2-2.
0: Yeah, so this does everything you want. It, yeah. if, if it's early in-game and you're developing your board, it's drawing you cards, it's making tokens. Mm-hmm. If you already have a powerful board... It's just going to keep letting it grow and grow. I like that. And really help punch home. Yep. All right.
2: Next up, we have Jadar Ghoul Caller of Nephalia uh, from mm, Crimson Vow or uh, Midnight Hunt? Midnight I think Hunt. I think it's Midnight Hunt. Hunt. Yeah. One in the black for a 1 1 Legendary Creature Human Wizard. At the beginning of your end step, if you control no creatures with decayed, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with Decade. And that token, decayed. all that means is it can't block, and when it attacks,
0: you sack it at the end of combat. Which, honestly, is kind of a good thing, because that means you can attack with it, and then it's gone, and then you'll make a new one at the end of turn. Yeah, so no matter what, it's not like, oh, I'm
2: swinging this 2-2, yeah, just let it through, It'll survive, it won't make another token. Yep. No, it will die at the end of combat. So you're always forcing a little damage, which is really nice, mm-hmm. and then you're getting another one. And of course, drawing a card with Marnius Yep.
0: And just something that can make a token every turn to draw a card with Manius Kalgar. It's good yeah very very good uh especially this next one i really love these
2: types of cards in general it seems like they've been getting a little more attention as well because mana reduction very powerful here
0: yeah so this next card is oketra's monument which is uh three mana for a legendary artifact and it says white creature spells you cast cost one less to cast okay um there are the commander by the way yeah there's a decent amount of white creatures in the deck but the fact that it lowers the cost of the commander is, like, really important. Especially but if you're playing this turn three, you can play Marnius on turn four. Exactly. Or you can play this on turn two. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is huge because you want Marnius out quick in yeah, this deck. Yeah, totally. Um, but its second ability says, whenever you cast a creature spell, create a 1-1 one, one white warrior creature token with Vigilance. Wow. Not even a white creature spell, just A creature spell. Yeah, that's really nice. So in this deck, this is sort of like uh, a cheap budget Guardian Project. Yeah, exactly. It's like Guardian Project. Uh, You have to have this and
2: your commander out, um, but that seems really good.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I think it's really solid, and I I love Dominket, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I always like putting those cards into things.
2: Yeah, and it could be, too, that you're, because of the mana reduction, able to cast two creature spells, and then as a result, you get two card draws, and you just keep refueling it. So yeah, this seems like an all-around great package
0: um this next card may be the like best budget auto include in the deck oh i like it a lot too opinion
2: it's It's, uh i'll read it it's nadir kraken let's get kraken one blue blue for a two three kraken whenever you draw a card you may pay one if you do put a plus one plus one counter on nadir kraken and create a one one blue tentacle creature token so you can see the chain happening. I play a creature, I draw a card, and then I pay one. And then I make a 1-1, one, one, and I get a plus and plus on on the Deer Kraken. And then I draw a card again because the token came in the battlefield. And then I drew a card, so the Deer Kraken says, Hey, do you want to pay one? And you can keep that going as long as you have the mana for it. So you could draw a lot of cards off this thing, right? You
0: can turn all your... As long as you have a token into the battlefield or you draw a card, which, you know, you do at mm-hmm. the beginning of every turn, you can turn all your mana into card draw wow. as long as you want. Yeah, and not just... It's not even colored mana. It's one of any color. Yep. Yeah, really good stuff. Now, Deer Kraken seems like a great card for this deck. I, I could see just kind of refilling your hand every turn with this thing. Now, do the Imperium mess with Kraken? Uh, So they're... There's a couple things where they try and avoid what they call the Kraken, which okay. are like monsters out in the warp and maybe also uh yeah. you know the Tyranids and stuff. So this isn't the best on Flavor one. <laughs> Maybe you could alter it if you really want to keep it on flavor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could right. be like, save us from the Kraken. There you go. Oh, Emperor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. All right, this next one, let's read it off, Jordan. This is Grim Hireling. This is three and a black. Great card. For a 3-2 creature, a Tiefling Rogue. And whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create two treasure tokens. And then oh. it has the ability for black, sacrifice X treasures. Target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn. Activate only as a sorcery.
2: Yeah, you're never doing that. I've never seen that part of it happen. But no, whatever. <laughs> one more creature deal combat damage. You make two treasure tokens. The very good. I guess you've got a lot of tokens. You're
0: happy to throw some away in combat. Not to mention your tokens that you're making with Marnius Calgar have vigilance. Oh, so nice. Yeah, you attack all the time. Right. Like you want to be aggressive with this deck, and this is just gonna help you make more mana. When and you don't die. forget. Those tokens, when they enter, they
2: are a token, and Marnius will see it and draw you a card. Yep, that's really good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so this is the card advantage token section. The next card is Thorough Investigation, which is what you did, Jordan, when preparing this outline. Exactly. Uh, It's two in the white for an enchantment. Whenever you attack, attack, investigate. So you make a colorless clue artifact token. You can pay two to sack and draw a card. And then, whenever you sacrifice a clue, venture into the dungeon. Hey! So you enter into the first room or keep adventuring through... Are there any dungeons in 40K? Uh, yeah. You dungeon-like know? places well, yeah sure there's thousands and By thousands way, of worlds out there there's plenty <laughs> of dungeons <laughs> this budget upgrade guy was not for the theme of it jordan just tried to include where he could. i'm just giving him guff
0: now now thor investigation i actually did kind of include because of theme oh really because the inquisition is such an important oh part. that's right there is an inquisitor is literally okay, okay yeah I like that. so i was like oh this one makes clues it, it could be that's a good like, point flavor it's sort of like being like we're going to root out the heretics and nice. the xenos and and all the enemies of the imperium and Occasionally I venture pitch. into a Dungeons and Dragons dungeon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, but they're like, "What strange universe is this?" <laughs> there, there's a just imagine you're for those of you who know the lore. You're uh, venturing into a space Hulk, which is like a, oh, yeah, a yeah, giant yeah. dead ship that you're searching around for stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Dungeon. Yeah, and the Hulk's there too.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we have Court of Grace. I like this card a lot. This Two is white, one of my favorites. white for an enchantment. When there's the battlefield, you become the monarch. Hey. I guess the Emperor is kind of like the Monarch, I suppose. For the Emperor! (laughs) Yeah, you have to say that when you do it. Um, At the beginning of your upkeep, create a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying, and if you're the Monarch, create a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying instead. So at the beginning of your upkeep, no matter what, you're going to make a 1-1. If Marnius is out, you draw a card. Yep. If you are able to hold on to the Monarchy because you've got tokens with vigilance, you've got all sorts of scary creatures, then you make a 4-4 instead, and you get to draw a card.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I think this card is really good for this deck. Yeah. I mean, one, it's just constant... Uh, card draw from the token making. But also, I think it fits on theme too uh-huh. uh, because, you know, they have the empire. They have their yeah, yeah. courts and stuff like that. This it, could be pre-fall of the emperor as well because it's like a, a yeah. righteous sovereign mix for a blessed
2: realm and maybe that's where the humans were at before the emperor yeah. got messed up in the Yeah, yeah. When Civil he War. was
0: just the great emperor of mankind, before he was the god emperor yeah, yeah, he's just uh, a very powerful dude. And it also is going to make everyone at the table Probably besiege you because you're going to be the monarch. Yeah, but then it turns off. Someone goes for someone else of the monarch. Yeah, but
2: I'll say this much: is, no one is ever going to remove Court of Grace. So if with your commander out, this is yeah. basically kind of like a refrexian arena.
0: Well, the Imperium of Man is always beset on all sides by enemies and aliens and uh, heretics. So I think that just creates that feel. Very nice. And the last card we have here, uh, you want to read it, Jiren? Yes, this is Legion's Landing. Uh, this is one white for sorry just a single white for a legendary enchantment and when legions landing enters the battlefield create a 1/1 one, one white vampire creature token with lifelink nice when you attack with three or more creatures transform legions landing and it transforms into Adanto the First Fort a legendary land uh, which has tap to add white to your mana pool or tap two and a white pay two and a white and tap it and create a 1/1 one, one white vampire creature token with Lifelink. Yep. So that makes a lot of sense. It's a token maker
2: as just well as a regular
0: land on the back. So it kind of yeah. ramps you.
2: It's it's like a little bit of ramp. Yeah. It it's a very low drop that can make a token. Yeah. Late in the game, if you just have Marnia
0: out and you're like, all right, draw this. Well, at least I pay one white mana. I'll make a token and I'll get a draw again. Yeah. I just think it seems like solid value and it's got another Legion thing in it. So it's yeah, on theme. Yeah. All right, so those were the cards you added. The total ended up being right over
2: $30, so it's yeah. about $30.65 for the total. Uh, great job. I really like all of these additions, and
0: Thanks. I think with Marnius, it'll really smooth the deck out. I, I think what I really wanted to do was every single card I added makes tokens in some way. Right. And it's just like, if you can just get to the point where when you play this deck, you are always making tokens, it's just going to go smooth. Yep.
2: I like that a lot. Now of course we always mention some honorable mentions. In this case, a couple of cards that were a bit out of the budget range, but if you happen to have them, you should definitely throw them in there if you can. The first is a card I really like. It's Adeline Resplendent Cathar. One white white for a star four legendary human knight with vigilance. Hey, that's on theme. Adeline's power is equal to the number of creatures you control. And then when you, whenever you attack, for each opponent, create a 1-1 white human creature token that's tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control. So Annalyn does not herself need to attack. It could just be one of your 2-2 two, yep. two Astaria's white warrior creature tokens, mm-hmm. right? They can all pop in, and they'll instantly create three 1-1s tapped and attacking. Who cares if they survive or not? You're
0: going to draw some cards. Very powerful, card. very effective. Would work very well in the deck. Yeah. I really wanted to fit it in, which is also true for this next one. Both of these are ones I, like, tried to fit into the budget. Yeah, yeah. God, they're just They kind of take now. over the whole budget. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. This next one is Battle Angels of Tear, which is two white white for a four four creature angel knight uh, with flying and myriad. So right away, it you know already has that myriad, which means that it will create tokens when you attack with it. And then it has, whenever Battle Angels of tier, tier deals combat damage to a player, draw a card if that player has more cards in hand than each other player. Then you create a treasure token if that player controls more land than each other player. Then you gain three life if that player has more life than each other player. Right. So only one player can
2: be any of these things uh for all, all three of them and when you're swinging with battle angels you're presumably making three more so that's four of them and you're, you're, uh, yeah sorry two, two more, more. Yeah. So that's three of them and if you're hitting all your opponents so if any of them has more life you gain life if any of them has more tr- uh, more lands than everyone else you make treasures uh so and if you and then you draw cards if someone has more cards than yeah everyone. so as long as you're down on any of those three categories then a battle angel hit will get you
0: something if you happen to hit on the first two of those categories then each time then battle angels of tier attacking will net you three cards wow because you would make a treasure token which would draw you a card off of oh, marnius right the myriad tokens would draw you a card off of marnius and then them hitting someone hitting drawing, someone drawing that's a four card. cards no that's just three oh, okay, okay okay but it's a lot <laughs> that is yeah it is quite a lot yeah
2: all right well now to make room for all these cards we got to cut some as well and so we went through the deck and we found 10 cards that we thought needed to be exterminatist mm-hmm. um and which the, uh spoiler uh, we'll is, see how good is yeah we'll, we'll see how of those cards all right so the first card that we recommend taking out but maybe just building a deck around instead is niam shai Murad. have you ever heard of this character
0: uh, I, I do not know this character in particular. I think that they're it's a, cool a rogue trader or something.
2: They are a rogue trader. That's the name of its ability. So oh, two yeah. white and a black for a 3-3 legendary human rogue with rogue trader. Whenever Niamh Shy deals combat damage to a player, you may have that player return target permanent card from their graveyard to their hand. If you do, that player chooses a permanent card in your graveyard. Then you put it onto the battlefield under your control. So it's interesting, you're you're allowing someone else to bring a permanent card back to their hand, and if they do it, then they get to choose a card that's a permanent in your uh, graveyard and put this onto the battlefield. Yep. Really cool idea. It's got a lot of politicking involved. I think you really want to be able to control your graveyards, but this is not what this deck with Marnius Calgar is trying to do, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think it seems like a cool card, and to be entirely clear, not all these cards are cut because I think that they're bad cards or right. anything. It's just we wanted it to fit more on the theme of working in Marnius Calgar.
2: Yeah, if you are if you play the Marnius Calgar list that Jordan's designed and play Niam Shai Murad, it's not going to do what you want it to do. Yeah. Be. It's going to be like, a, oh,
0: maybe this will work. And, you know, that's why I say maybe you can take this out and build it somewhere else. I think it'd make a cool commander. Yeah, oh, I think so too. So the but, next card, and this pained me to my core to cut from the deck, Yeah, uh, is Exterminatus. Uh, Exterminatus is five white, black, Uh, For a sorcery, non-land permanents your opponents control. Lose indestructible until end of turn. Destroy all non-land permanents. Ooh, so this is a really big board wipe. Very powerful board wipe. All non-land permanents here. Well, and in 40k, Exterminatus is what they use, is what the Imperium uses when things have gone really bad. It's (laughs) basically like wipe a planet out. Yeah, it seems like it. It's destroying all nonland permanents, making
2: anything lose indestructible. So, um, yeah, this this is pretty nuts. But it kind of destroys everything you're building as well, right?
0: Well, that's that's a problem. I mean, we talked about the deck has five board wipes in it. Yeah, and you probably want to be the deck with the most creatures on board. So I just don't think you want to run that many. And one that costs seven. Yeah, it's just it's just a lot. I
2: agree. Sorry, Exterminatus. All right, next up, we are taking out Grey Knight Paragon. Four in the white for a 4-4 four, Astarte's four Knight with flash. And when it enters the battlefield, destroy target attacking creature. If that creature is a demon, exile it instead. So, white's the color of swords to plowshares and path to exile. This is a five-mana flash creature that destroys an attacking creature when it gets flashed in. It's
0: just too narrow. If no one attacks, then what do you do? Yeah, and, and I mean... Think about, like, most of the stuff you want to remove in Commander. Yeah, sometimes someone's got some crazy big attacking creature you want to get rid of. But a lot of times you just want to kill their Esper Sentinel. Yeah, and you would much rather do it with a spell that costs one mana, not five as well. Yeah. Yeah. They're
2: not attacking with their Esper They're not attacking with their Seedborn Muse. All these cards you actually want to get rid of. Granted, Paragon is not going to do that. So and five mana. holding manas. up five mana is just a lot. Yeah, and and the deck by the way is not the kind of deck that you want to hold up five mana with. There's not like the Mystic Confluences sitting in here and yeah. all that. No, you're a you're a,
0: you're a pay it forwards. Get your tokens on the board and swing. The one thing that does make it a little better for holding up mana than. Just any general thing is at yeah. least you have the six mana ability on Marnius Calgar. So right, if you're that's holding right. up six mana, you could be like, well, I could just be, you know, waiting to do the tokens later. Yeah. But it's still just not worth it. Yeah. It would be an underwhelming play. I agree there. The next card that I decided to take out was Redemptor Dreadnought. This is five for an artifact creature, Astarte's Dreadnought. It is a four, four, and it has Fallen Warrior. As an additional cost to cast this spell, you may exile a creature card from your graveyard. It is Trample. And then it has the ability Plasma Incinerator. Whenever Redemptor Dreadnought attacks, if a card is exiled with it, it gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the power of the exiled card. So Oh, boy. This is a 5-mana 4-4 four four if you
2: don't have any creatures in your graveyard. And yeah. if you do, you have to wait until it attacks to give it plus X plus X. It's only until end of turn, and it's specifically the power of the exiled card.
0: Yeah, it, it, e. it's not a good blocker. It also just, like, I mean... What if all you have to get rid of from your graveyard is a 2-2? like, cool, I <laughs> yeah. paid 5 mana for a 6-6 Trampler. Fine. Yeah,
2: it's not as good as Colossal Dreadmaw, everybody. No. Okay, so we'll cut that one. Next up is a Reaver Titan and 7 mana. And Big reason you cut it. Yeah. Uh, artifact Vehicle, that's a ten ten, and it's got three abilities. The first one is uh, Void Shield, so it has protection from mana value 3 or less, so... You know, generous gift, all those sort of one random removal spells. And it's it's hard to chump block. Hard to chump block, that's right. Uh, and then it has a second ability, Gatling Blaster. Whenever Reaver or Titan attacks, it deals five damage to each opponent. Mm-hmm. And then it crew costs is uh, four as its last ability. So you need four power of creature to tap to turn this into an actual moving thing. Um, It's a 10-10 for seven mana. That by itself is like cool, but vehicles are just not that great
0: still i mean if you can attack a couple times with this you're gonna do a lot of damage but this is a seven minute spell it doesn't have haste it's gotta be crew four I yeah think by itself so on an empty board many it's hoops. yeah very too many hoops
2: yeah um, but maybe in the in the in the sort of the the vehicle deck that can easily crew things and cheat some stuff out it could be fun but not this one we're looking to make tokens not vehicles
0: next up i took out a sister hospitaller uh, this is four white-black for a 3-2 creature human cleric, and it has Medicus Ministorum. Uh, when Sister Hospitaller enters the battlefield, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. You gain life equal to its mana value. Okay, so it's a
2: six-mana reanimate type spell, but you're gaining the life instead of losing it. Uh, it's on a creature.
0: It doesn't have flash. It's good in maybe a reanimator deck. Yeah, it's, it's a powerful effect. Uh, it's expensive, though, and it's... I just don't see this deck having the targets to make it worth paying the six mana to get one thing back and gain a good life. What I want to see is a
2: deck that gets us into the graveyard, you reanimate this and then yes. you use it to bring back something even scarier, right? Like, you're doubling up on the, the, the Enter the Battlefield ability, but... Yeah, exactly. This is a token deck. When those tokens die, they don't go to the graveyard. They can't be reanimated, so it doesn't actually work with the deck, even though I think this card is actually really sweet.
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely a place where this card has a home. I just don't think it's this budget upgrade guy.
2: Yeah, and I don't think you <laughs> feel great if you have to pay six mana for Sister Hospitaller, because there's, again, a lot of abilities that do this for five mana, and Unburial Rites, and all sorts of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Deployed to the Front is the next card we've cut. It's five white, white for a sorcery there's a common theme by the way the cards we've cut so far are four mana five mana seven mana six mana and five mana yeah this one's seven To sorcery it says create x one one white soldier creature tokens where x is the number of creatures on the battlefield this is again a very win more card that if there's nothing on the battlefield like when you cast a vehicle you're just
0: you you hate it <laughs> you're not happy right this is the only card i cut that does make tokens and I, I just don't really see... I, I feel like there's a ton of situations where this card just doesn't do it for you. Like, yeah. if you already have a really powerful board, and so you're getting a bunch because you have, like, you know, 10, 15 creatures You're already board, winning. You're good. You don't need 15 more 1-1s. I mean, maybe it could turn almost winning into, like, a full winning thing. Yeah. But in a lot more situations, like you've just been board wiped or... Uh, It doesn't do anything. It does nothing if the board's just been wiped. Or just two players are not on creature-based strategies. Yeah. Or or even, like, let's say everyone else does have a ton of creatures and you make ten 1-1s off of that, you're basically just they're just chump blockers. Yeah, especially by the time you're casting a seven drop,
2: they may not do what you want to do.
0: And Kalgar would only draw you one card off of this.
2: Yeah. So it's a cool big flashy effect, but it's not gonna get you sort of where you want. It doesn't scale well, I think.
0: Um, Next up, was the Triumph of St. Catherine. This is four and a white for a five-five creature human warrior with lifelink and uh, Presidium Protectiva. (laughs) When Triumph of St. Catherine dies, exile it and the top six cards of your library in a face-down pile. If you do, shuffle that pile and put it back on top of your library, and then it has Miracle for one and a white
2: okay so this says i'm dying but not really i'm gonna get into the top six maybe if you draw me next turn or whatever turn you do you can miracle me
0: for one in the white if you have some top deck manipulation this could be really cool yeah you could almost always get it to the top the next turn right this deck doesn't really have this And, and it also so miracle is a really cool flavorful ability for the sisters of battle which is like kind of part of but Especially if this deck is running like it's supposed to, you're going to be drawing a ton of cards. Yeah, you're going to draw your triumph again. The chance that this is your first card each turn seems pretty low. Yeah. Second uh, and third, the, the percentages just go higher and higher. Yeah, and if it's just a five mana five five life link that comes back, I don't want to be drawing that over and over again. Yeah,
2: and notably, miracle is the first card you draw each turn. Yep. Uh, and if this deck is channeling through it again, you're not going to you're not going to be very happy mm-hmm. about that. Okay, next up we have For the Emperor. For the Emperor! Three and a white sorcery creatures you control gain plus two, plus two, and gain vigilance and lifelink until end of turn. So this is just your run of the mill. Get them big, get
0: them hard, and pop in with a sorcery. It's not even really an overrun or anything, though. No, nope. it, it doesn't give trample. It's just vigilance and lifelink. Vigilance, lifelink, and the tokens you make with Marnius Kalgar already have vigilance. Yeah. Um, so I just feel like... What basically turns into a big life gain spell, Yeah, it just doesn't feel worth
2: yeah, it. Yeah, maybe know. you can knock someone out with it, but again, these sort of like one-time effects are not that great in Commander. We've seen it over and over again. If you have a way to repeat it, or a card that's so big and powerful like Crater of Behemoth that it kills everyone, then great. But it feels like for the Emperor, it would have a really hard time actually taking out players because it
0: does not have Trapple. And there are more and better ways in the deck to do effects like that. Yeah, totally. Uh, the Including final card. by the way, uh, Felder Retreat, which we already talked about. Yeah, that's much better than For the Emperor. Felder Retreat is is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last card I decided to cut was Knight Paladin. Uh, this is five for a six-six artifact vehicle. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much enough. Uh, but it has trample, and then it has rapid fire battle cannon. When Knight Paladin enters the battlefield, it deals four damage to each opponent, and then it has crew only one, which okay. makes it pretty crewable. But Uh, yeah, it's a lot like the Uh, the other one, Reaver Titan. Yeah, it's a lot like the Reaver Titan, which kind of makes sense because knights are sort of like smaller titans. Uh, Okay, in the lore for stuff, but it's just too low impact. It enters. Yeah. It does some damage. Maybe Look, if you had, if you can flicker this, sure, if
2: you have a ghostly flicker, and that's the deck, and you want to just get this in the battlefield five times, because whenever it enters the battlefield, it deals four damage to each opponent. That that can be big game. Yeah. But this deck isn't doing that. No, not and, at all. Yeah, crewing, not making tokens. It seems like all the cards we cut, you could almost just instantly put into another deck. Sure. Kind of yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's, or your, those are your 10 cuts, Jordan. Let's talk a little bit about how the deck plays. Uh, the first thing you wrote down here is that Kalgar is a five drop, right? It's two and yep. Esper. So let's talk about that real quick.
0: So you really want to get Kalgar out as fast as you can. Yep. Um, the whole deck just gets way, way better as soon as Kalgar is out, which is why it's nice to add in, you know, a little bit of the extra ramp and the stuff. But once he's out, like, uh, the deck just really, really starts humming. Mm-hmm. The card advantage that he creates is just it's absurdly explosive. Like every time I've goldfish and gone through it, uh, you just end up with so many cards that you're like, Oh, I have to pick which one of these to discard. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know some people hate, but is a good position to be in yeah that's really cool uh-huh so i think ideally you want to try and get a token producer out before you play kalgar so that you can immediately start getting value off of him yep like the dar would be a great card here yeah it would be really huge uh but he's definitely worth playing asap yeah because he turns the deck on and there's so many cards just get better when he's out there if you can get him to stick building a board that like goes very wide and drawing a huge number of cards it's just very easy yeah yeah, it, it just happens really quick. Because, I mean, he kind of enables that himself with his six mana thing, which is like your backup plan yeah, if yeah, everything yeah. goes wrong. Um, okay. Very cool. Then it's just kind of a matter of protecting him and staying aggressive so that you can, you know, dig some of the for some of those go-wide payoffs and... Uh, Bring it home for the Emperor. Conquer everything for the Emperor. You yeah, know? we took the card for the, the Emperor the
2: galaxy. out. But you can still save for the Emperor during the game and be very thematic. And you should. You should, yeah. The forces Imperium are, they're counting on you too. Yeah, absolutely. Alright, well to the listeners, let us know what you think about the Forces of the Imperium 40k deck, as well as any of the other decks that we've talked about so far and, and done these budget upgrade guides for. These are some of my favorite videos. Let us know if any of the new cards we talked about today are going to slot perfectly into another Commander deck, or if you would run Marnius Calgar yourself and a card that we maybe missed, and there's a great budget include that could also fit within that uh, $30 limit. Uh, let us know in the comments and all that good stuff. And look, if you're just looking to buy those cards and to pick them up right now and upgrade this deck for yourself, or you heard about the Knight Paladin and you're like, you know what, that would be great in my uh flicker aminatu whatever whatever yeah. it is check out cardkingdom.com slash command that's right card kingdom is back baby and they are sponsoring our content and you can help us out by using that affiliate link cardkingdomcom slash command you can buy all the magic cards you need in one fell swoop you can copy paste deck lists. you can do so much great stuff not to mention they got top-notch quality service uh customer quality service if you're ever in the seattle area they've got some of the best game stores in the world. Mox Boarding House, incredible, beautiful location. But really just check out their website, cardking.com slash command, and you can help support our content by using that affiliate link. And then when you get those cards, put them into an ultra pro sleeve. Maybe you want the sleeves that have Inquisitor Grayfax on the back. Maybe you want a playmat with some cool secret lair art you can't find anywhere else. Well ultrapro.com slash command has all that on their store and they're always running great deals. So check it out. Protect your stuff and get the stuff you need and great quality at a great price. That's all we're trying to do. We're trying to get you some amazing deals and help you grow that collection the way you want to. Yep. All right, end step, where we talk about something cool outside the
0: world of magic. There's lots of things to talk about, Jordan. Um, you watching any new shows recently? What do well, you want to talk about? I have been watching. Uh, I have been watching some new shows, but I was thinking that because this is a Warhammer 40K ah, yeah, thing. Good call. I would talk about some stuff that I've been really into recently outside of just, like, the lore and stuff. Yeah, I've been really me. into, like, the hobby side of things. I'm building my army, which is an Adeptus Mechanicus army. Okay. We're, like, part of the Imperium. They run the guns and stuff. But... Uh, painting is really, really cool. And there's just an amazing uh, community around like painting miniatures, painting Warhammer stuff. Right. Specifically, a channel I've been watching a ton of and really, really enjoying is one called Squidmar Minis. Ooh. Uh, and he is a, it is a two really solid painters who just do some awesome painting challenges and stuff like that. They've recently been doing this thing where uh, he started out with one mini and has through like Facebook groups been trading it for larger minis, Whoa. and then he traded the larger mini for. It's a like squad. that thing where you start with a dollar and see if you can turn it into a hundred, right? Exactly. <laughs> and and his goal is to get to the perfect full army that Henry Cavill likes to play. <laughs> Amazing, yeah, because Henry Cavill is a big Warhammer fan. Yeah wow that's amazing so he he's, got,
2: he's done a good job building it so far
0: yeah it's really cool i've loved watching the like journey of the trades and sometimes he's he's like painted up and improved the minis to a little get bit. a better trade for it yeah but besides that there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's like about the technique how to be better at painting very cool um but even if you don't do any painting yourself it's just extremely entertaining to watch very cool yeah, it's like those uh, clock repair videos
2: or the ones where they take old equipment and repair it and just it's slow and it's methodical, but you get to watch
0: expertise yeah. and, and the craftsmen at work. And these guys are great. They have great personality and they just do fun, neat ideas. Like another one of my favorite ones they did, they took glasses that made it so they took glasses that made it so you actually couldn't see the color of what you were painting <laughs> and had a palette of random colors and had to just like guess guess yeah, yeah how yeah, they yeah. were painting it that's and when cool. they revealed it, it's like oh oh this <laughs> or, looks awful or nice. sometimes it was great
2: yeah that's cool yeah painting is one of the most uh, it's also really therapeutic if you've ever done it uh really it's, great. it's really really a big part of the warhammer scene if you're into it you can check it out if you just want to watch the videos i've seen myself just sometimes putting them on the background as well mm-hmm. so what was the channel called again Squidmar Minis. All right, if you're over on the Squidmar Minis, let them know that Jordan from the Command Zone sent you, and that he gave a sh- y'all, y'all a shout-out. Uh, and if you're here watching from Squidmar Minis, thanks so much for entertaining us with your great content. All right, cool. Let's move to the cleanup step and give a big thanks to our team here at the Command Zone. We've got Damon Lenz, Ashlyn Rose, Arthur Melcroft Craig Blanchett, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Sam Waldo, Gaurav Galati, Jamie Block, Evan Lindberger, Mitch Trafford, and josh lee kwai hey and big thanks as always to truck ty who helps out with the statistics and all the nitty-gritty math so that we can present this data to you and help you become more informed players uh thanks truck and big shout out as always to jeffrey palmer he occasionally does the living card animations behind this but the his animations of soul ring and stuff do start our show at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast you can find jeffrey doing really cool photoshops of paddington bear oh, and yeah. magic cards every day at living cards mtg on twitter All right, Jordan, I think we have to just end this uh, podcast episode with one salute to our emperor. So should we say it together? Yeah, let's do it. (gasps) For the emperor!
1: Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to Command Cat at RocketJump.com or ask us on Twitter at JFWong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs)